to talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And let's see what that wacky Duff McKagan has come up with for today's joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. Hope you're doing well. You know, uh, a slice of apple pie in uh, Jericho, $2.56. In Ruba, $2.75. And in Jamaica, $3. Those are high rates of the Caribbean. Thank you very much. Ah, uh, yeah. That one uh, took me a second to get that one. Brutal. The Pirates of the Caribbean. Get it? The Pirates of the Caribbean. Another original uh, turkey from Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Duff McKagan. But you know what? We love him. He always delivers, always uh, gives us a joke every single Friday for the last 19 months. Uh, so thanks to Duff for getting our weekend started with a laugh or at least a groan. <laughs> but today... I've got Switchblade, Jay White from New Japan Pro Wrestling here. He had an amazing match against uh, Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 13. I watched it live. Uh, I actually think it's the best match he's ever had. And we actually did this interview the day after the Tokyo Dome event in Japan. You hear the story about the radio contest Jay won in New Zealand that sent him on an all-expenses-paid vacation to WrestleMania in Atlanta in 2011. Uh, that led him getting into wrestling. He's also talking about coming up in the New Japan Dojo, learning to speak some Japanese, and why WWE is really not on his radar he's getting a big push right now especially with the uh the uh, defections i guess you'd say of cody rhodes and the bucks we don't know what the future of kenny omega is we know the future of jay white is he's going to be ensconced in the uh new japan main event scene for a long time and of course we're talking about his match against juice robinson last november that knocked jim ross out of his broadcasting chair and broke his ribs literally all those stories and so much more so let's get going here. Enough of my yakking. Right now in talk is Jericho. Switchblade, Jay White. All right, after Wrestle Kingdom 13, uh, one of the big stars of the night, Jay White, is here. And we were talking about uh, the matches yesterday. I asked you how you feel. Yeah. Said you feel okay? Yeah. Well, yeah, first off, thanks for having me. But yeah, feel all right. Done, done longer, bigger matches. So yeah, body's feeling all right in terms of that. I think yesterday, though, like from what I've seen of the last year that I've been here, that might have been, might have been the best match I've seen you in. I think it could have been like it. It helps being in there with a with a guy yeah, like Okada, Okada right? yeah. of course, which like usually goes without needing to be said. But um, yeah, like it was a uh, it's fun, and I think what adds to that as well is we've had such a long build up for it, almost a year, I guess, and more intensely over the last couple of months. So that helps to obviously just make it that much better without mm -hmm. doing as much as you know, it's not thirty minutes or anything like that. It's really interesting. Um, when you see how they how 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 gato books here because uh -huh. my match with naito started at new year's dash last year two year, year ago isn't it? so yeah. a year ago yeah. and i just realized that this whole year has been jericho feuding with naito and there's been dips and doodles with other members of his team and stuff but i was like wow and i wonder if gato planned it that way and i think he does i think he does and uh, i think he also like i think he has an idea for it but then he also reacts to stuff like if, if something changes and it may be against what he originally thought it'll just go play it by ear and change mm -hmm. it but yeah it is uh, like i i think that's one of the differences the, lo the long-term stories and stuff they last a lot longer here and um they definitely pay off like obviously mm -hmm. you guys last night and then with me and okada as well and kenny and and tunner even that that goes back to uh i think started 2016 at least when they had their when uh, nakamura was leaving and then that was when Kenny came up to... You right, know, they, they lost AJ and, and yeah, Gallows exactly. and Anderson and Nakamura, and right? Kenny yeah. was the guy that came up to uh, kind of replace them as that as that main top guy. And so, uh, and yeah, that first big match was against Tana for the mm. for the IC belt at the time. So, um, yeah, it all, it all comes back around and it, it all just makes it better for, for the story, for the show, for the fans as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to tell a quick story. You mentioned uh, the, the Naito match. I took a pile driver on the, uh, on the uh, ramp. Yeah. And... He had wanted to do that, and you're like, okay, like pile drivers on the floor, never something that you want to really think about, <laughs> yeah. especially when it's not on a pad. Right. But it's the Tokyo Dome, right? Right, right, right. And I'm like, okay, sure. So I went out of my way to protect myself, and of course, just spiked my head even worse. And I felt like my head, like burning. Well, that's why when I saw, because I didn't see it last night, we because you guys were just after us. So you know, by the time you get back to back to the room and then do the comments, or whatever, right, catch sure. it. But so I saw it this morning. I was like. Oh, Damn, he, he looked like he really fell on the top of his head there. <laughs> so then I'm in the ring during the match, and I see these strands of hair. Yeah. Thick strands of hair with a little pink thing at the end of it. And I'm like, I was like, does Naito have hair extensions? Or what is this? Is it my hair? And lo and behold, after the match, I had a big 
like a like a little mini miniature Indian had scalped me. Oh jeez! Right, like like a like a a quarter sized pink spot with no hair from, from the pile driver. From the pile yeah. driver, it ripped my hair out, and what I was seeing in the ring were strands of hair with little pieces of my scalp skin, attached. Skin scalp against it. Uh. <laughs> so there, there's your inside story on right. that one. But I mean, there's something about the. Um, I mean, last year at Wrestle Kingdom, you worked with Hana. Mm-hmm. This year with Okada, like. That Tokyo Dome, like I've worked a lot of WrestleMania shows in domes and yeah. stadiums, but there's just something about that dome and it, just special beyond it, special. It is awesome, yeah. It's uh, especially like I said, for you doing manias and stuff, you've obviously done a lot of those bigger arenas. But uh, for us over here, you know, they're starting to get bigger. But the difference between the dome and the other arenas they do, it's you know, it's huge. Mm. Like it's three times as big as the other big shows we do so um you know when it finally comes around once a year and uh, i think they're planning on doing two next year which yeah, they announced as that. well so that'll be interesting but yeah by the time it comes around it is uh it is it is very special and you know it is what everyone works works towards it's funny so. too because um when you work in a when you work in a dome um the sound travels up yeah rather than traveling down right so sometimes you'll do a dome show and it's you're thinking oh this is nobody's making any noise it was at weird all. and uh, i see that to someone after the show as well uh like well after the match that the, and also the sound of the fans it doesn't get to you mm-hmm. until like a few seconds mm-hmm. afterwards so like uh you know if you're doing something and trying to react to the fans you might stop it because it like it's not working but then all of a sudden the, the noise comes in and yeah. it's like oh okay what was that too so, and then when you watch it back on yeah. tv it's monstrously loud mm-hmm. yeah yeah but you don't notice that as much in the ring right yeah that's like i felt it was weird i felt uh I never felt like once you get kind of going in a match and you feel like comfortable or confident or whatever, I didn't really get to that last night. I don't know if it's because of, yeah, the noise of the fans was kind of weird. So it just felt different to what I was used to and mm-hmm. what like makes you comfortable maybe. But it was just kind of an odd feeling to it. I think and I think from like the noise and how it doesn't really get to you. And, and you mentioned uh, when when um, AJ left and then Kenny kind of came, came around. Mm-hmm. Now with the future of a lot of the guys, kind of we don't know if they're staying or going. Right, yeah. This is a real good time for you because it's like you're being, positioned to be kind of the next guy that takes over from kenny that took over from aj that took over from from fergal yeah you know yeah it all kind of gets uh it's passed down and this that's what i think is uh is great here with new japan is whenever the opportunities come up the guys always make the most of it um like yeah when those four guys left in 2016 everyone's kind of like oh how's new japan gonna do you know we lost nakamura who's like one of the biggest japanese stars and then you had aj who's the biggest foreigner as well and uh but the guys just stepped up and business kept getting better. So, um, uh, yeah, no, like the, the last year has been good and uh, helping me to build up to that position as well. So just to make it that much easier. Like, for example, I wasn't as nervous last night as I was a year ago, of mm-hmm. course. And But for any of like the other, any for big matches, I wasn't as nervous as a lot of people, you know, would usually expect or think. And that's just because over the last year you do plenty of it. It's, it becomes a just but it's also building a star like like for example i've been in the business for mm-hmm. year 30 years or whatever yeah. and i never heard the name jay white right. until i started working i remember there. so it's uh another i obviously didn't expect you to but i remember listening to your podcast with uh gato and jado and i think the start of 2015 mm-hmm. so i'd literally just got to the dojo and uh i came in with cody hall at the same time and obviously you know his dad was scott hall, sure so, so people know of him and then uh I remember in that they were you were asking about the guys that they had coming up and they're like oh yeah, this guy jay white and you're like oh who oh sorry i don't mm-hmm. know was, and of course you didn't but yeah um so yeah obviously it's it's been going good for the last and, and that's so. like so when you're building a town like last year uh-huh. with tana you, you was if you notice it was funny the, the last two tokyo dome shows the top three matches were all the same six guys just in different combinations right, yeah. you notice that yeah yeah you and tana last year me and kenny and uh naito and okada right yeah this year yeah. you and okada and changed and naito, and but you know last year i think the improvement in the in this whole year has been up leaps and bounds but they put you in that shot last year yeah. to start building you yeah that's the whole and maybe point. it was a little bit too early but that's you have yeah. to start somewhere but right that, exactly that's where it needs to be and, and also like uh <clears throat> you know coming into like the new position in terms of the new character and stuff it's not only new to me it's new to everybody so Mm -hmm. it is going to be received a little bit like oh they were not too sure what that was yet after Mm -hmm. now a year of um, doing multiple different things and people understanding it uh it makes it that much you know that much easier and that much better for them as well but yeah you talk about the the six guys that are in those those top three matches um it's very like a humbling feeling to be to be in there with those guys you know i've been doing i've only been doing this for well, it'd be actually in a few days it'd probably be six 
six years since I started training. Really? Yeah, so it's, it's very cool to be like yourself with yourself, been doing it for 30 years. Mm. And, you know, the next guy after and those six guys that's been doing the shortest amount of time, I think, is Okada. Okada, and, yeah, probably, you know, yeah. But he's yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles, miles up there. So, um, so no, it's, a very, it's a very cool feeling and to be able to have those opportunities. So you basically started in New Japan? No, I started in England. So I uh, so obviously from New Zealand when I was uh, 19, I, I left... If I, I don't know if I've, if you would have heard this. I've said in like uh, other like interviews that I've done before, but uh, so in New Zealand there's no like oh, there is a very very small wrestling scene, but especially mm-hmm. back then there's like nothing. There, really. Yeah, it's not. It's not like Steve Ricard was always right. the name I always heard. There, I don't even know if you like, know that name. Yeah. No, it's yeah, a promoter in the seventies. Like send send your tape and pictures to Steve Ricard, <laughs> and maybe you can go to New Zealand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's not much of it, there's not much of a scene at all, and so. Uh, I used to watch it when I was younger. I think I started watching like 2004, obviously when you're still there and stuff. And uh, and then I watched it for a few years and then kind of like my later teen years, I stopped watching, kind of grew out of it. And then I finished school and uh, I was working for a friend's dad and uh, they had a competition on the radio to send uh, someone to WrestleMania. So, and this is 2011. And uh, I was like, oh shit, you know, I always wanted to, might as well just call it up. So I called up and like won a competition to go into the draw to do it. And then over two weeks, they got a bunch of people in the draw Ended up winning that competition. No way. Won that competition. So, so what? So let me hold on. So yeah. it was like a radio thing. A where radio you... thing, yeah. And you had to call up, and you had to do like uh, they had two callers, and they okay, okay, you got to do a debate. They tell you if you're for and against it, and they give you a random topic, and you had to do it, and then they decide who the winner of the debate was would go into the draw, and they did that multiple times a day for two, three weeks or something. So, so, how, so they, they go on the radio, and like here's the big draw. Yeah, and so I was. I remember being sat there. I was on a building site, and it was kind of like a. It was like off like uh, off the road down like a long drive, so I was lucky to have reception because it was on and off there. But they, oh, we're doing the draw at 8 a.m. this morning. So I was like, okay, I'll go sit next to the radio with my phone. And you hear them dialing the the phone on the other end, bip, 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 and then goes quiet. My phone starts vibrating. No. <laughs> oh, shit, shit. And then I like, hello? And then one of the other guys, he knew what was happening, and he's like, he just kind of stops what he's doing. He's like, oh, no way. Are you kidding me? And then they're like, yeah, hey, Jamie. I was like, yeah. I was like, you got a resume? And I was like, Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, That's I, awesome. I, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, so because I when I used to watch it, obviously I wanted to be a wrestler. You know, mm-hmm. any kid that watch it does, but you get into that whole uh, mindset of ah, oh, it's not really realistic, especially more so being in New Zealand. You know, sure, how yeah. am I ever going to get a- into ex- wrestling? Exactly. Now? Yeah. So uh, so then uh, won that competition. You know, flights, tickets, accommodation, all paid for, and to take a friend as well. So I took my best mate with me. And where was that? Uh, where, where was the- it was in Atlanta. So okay. I don't think 2011 in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went there for four or five days and did that. And it was kind of that that made me think. Well, shit, I never thought I'd go to WrestleMania, let alone win a competition. I was like, why? Why not? Why can't? Why can't I actually try this and actually try to be a wrestler? And you know, kind of, I think around that time and maybe. Yeah, around that, like 2011 at least, it was kind of changing what, you know, smaller guys were able to kind of get into it as opposed to 10 years before. That's so stuff. funny. You're saying yourself as a smaller guy? Right, yeah. I mean, you got to be six foot well, three. S- s- no, not no, quite. Not no? quite. Okay. I'm about six one. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but especially at the time, I was uh, a little skinnier as well. Gotcha. So it's obviously been something to try to put on weight over the years. But uh, yeah, so won that trip to WrestleMania, that kind of re inspired me. So then. Uh, I kept working for a year, saved up money and left and went to England because I, uh, I had no idea about any independent scene at all. Like, it, it, like I said, it was all I really knew was WWE at the time. And uh, so I left. My, my reason for going to England is I was looking into the States. I was looking at like OVW. I was like seeing their training things. I was like, well, I'm going to need to be able to work. So do I, do I need to get a visa? But I uh, like my, my grand my granddad was from uh, the Netherlands. So I got a European passport, luckily. So I was like, wow. Anyone that goes, you know, I feel like England's like the little brother to the States when it comes to like opportunities and like making it. So I was like, oh, well, that that kind of sounds good, but I didn't really have any knowledge about the wrestling there at all. So I left and went there. Um, I had a friend over there stay with his family uh, on a little island called Guernsey, which is between England and France for 10 months for like a gap year. And then I just... Really? Yeah. And then I just left and went to, uh, to Portsmouth in England because I found uh, information about wrestling school there and just kind of just packed up and... Who yeah, was the trainer for school? So the trainer there was a guy called Tom Jones, who wrestled as the UK kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did a few tryouts and stuff. Um, what was funny though is, so obviously Re- Revolution Pro works with New Japan now, Andy Quilden. They, uh, we trained like it was at out the back of like a automotive shop, and there was like all these different units. We were in the unit next door to them, 
And so we were, I, mm. you could call us competition if you want, because they did shows in a similar area as well. Um, but so I trained next door to them, obviously. Did that for a year until they booked uh, Divot. So he came over and did shows for our little mm. company. That's Finn Balor. Yep, yep. Finn Balor. So he came over, met him, and then uh, he gave me his card and said to stay in touch. And when he came back to New Japan, he talked to Bad Luck Fale, being another Kiwi. He said oh, he met a Kiwi in uh, in England and stuff. And he got in touch. And then uh, June 2014, Nakamura, Fale, and Devitt were coming back over to do shows for RevPro. So I messaged him and asked if I'd come up and say hi again. And he said, yeah. So I uh, met those guys up there. And from there, I think Fale did the work behind the scenes to based on... Um, Balor, recommendation. Yeah, yeah. Based on his recommendation, did the work behind the scenes, and they got me a got me a spot in the dojo. So then, uh, 2014 or New Year's Eve going in 2015, flew out and uh, got my own flight, came over here and started in the dojo. That's a lot of stuff that we talk about. First yeah. of all, the Fale. There's a lot of guys from New Zealand now and Australia in the dojo. Yeah. Because when you go there, everybody's Japanese, uh-huh. and there's a couple like white guys. Uh-huh, yeah. And I'm like, where are you from? Yeah. New Zealand, Australia, New Zealand, Australia. That's Seems down- like there's a lot more guys coming from. New yeah, Zealand it's, now. that's down to that's down to Fale's uh, as hard work in terms of trying to get those guys the opportunity. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, as long as guys with him, as long as guys put, he sees you put in the work, then you know those opportunities are there. And uh, I think it's just a it's a great example. Those guys that are there now. When uh, Fale opened his uh, his dojo in New Zealand, he's got his training school there. I think a lot of people kind of thought, "Oh, you can't you're not actually going to get to New Japan through it." Yet there's two guys in the dojo now, so mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty crazy for like for you know wrestling's big in America and England. It's, it's not in New Zealand yet. There's a there's a really good like the best opportunity to get to the dojo is, is over well, in New Zealand. Funny, I think I, th- I think Tony Storm is from New Zealand. Yeah, I think she, she lives. Was, there. I think she's yeah from there or Australia. I don't know well personally, but I think I think she might have been born there and she might have gone to I think Aussie. B- but I think B- she's Pre- she's yeah i think uh yeah i think she was i think she might have been born in the uk but moved to new zealand when Mm. she was really young or it might have been the other way around keep hearing the name of the new zealand wrestling yeah but uh go ahead yeah i was just gonna say there is there's a lot of people that are you know for such a small country and where it's literally all about rugby it's kind of like if it's rugby they don't care there's quite a lot of people who are getting out there getting opportunities you know we got we got aaron uh here as well you know he's from new zealand too yeah yeah so he's from new zealand as well yeah yeah so uh so he's there, me, Fale, and then over, you got um, Travis Banks over with, uh, he's with WWE mm-hmm. now as well. So, and then guys in the UK, so no, they did. I guess the, 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 the Bushwhackers were from New Zealand too, the Sheep Herders, yeah. Yeah. old school boys. Yeah. But I remember um, when I was in Germany, there's a guy called Rip Morgan uh-huh. who was from New Zealand and right. he used to do the haka. Oh, yeah. That's part of the that's why, that's New Zealand culture. Any, like, any wrestler from New Zealand, like, they was like, <laughs> oh, can you do the haka? So, like, when we used to do. Um, I used to work for Brian Dixon over in mm. over in the UK. Uh so, Brian Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there. You, you got your flags. You need to wa- wave your flags. Come out waving your flags. Yeah, so everyone, <laughs> oh, everyone you wanted knows to be the New voice. Zealand bad guy? Yeah, it was, yeah, so, but they had me at the, uh, they had the, I used the Great Britain flag, even though I like had like New Zealand stuff <laughs> on my gear. And then he uh, had me come out one day with like, because uh, obviously we've got the New Zealand national, like the uh, national flag. And then there's one for the Maori people that they have. And it's, I don't know how he found that because it's not, that's uh you know that's not actually our, our national flag like officially uh, but he somehow got this this flag and uh and he's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah you can come you're maui jay white and i'm not maori at all like i'm like, maori's like a yeah. native exactly be like to, want to call you a native american or african-american yeah, 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 or something that's yeah best way to it's to, like a samoan uh, guy kind exactly of, yeah. yeah yeah a good good way to, to uh compare you know, that's mm-hmm. native people in new zealand and uh you know, uh, usually darker skin tone, and I'm I'm just uh, you he know I'm, you a, Maori, I'm a white yeah, and like <laughs> just with his accent as well, like I was like oh, sure, I'll, I'll, whatever you need, I'll, I'll come out and wave this flag for twenty quid, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so no, that was a fun time doing that in England. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but the, and so the, explain what the haka is, right? Yeah, so it's like a, a best way is like a war dance. You know, it's a cultural thing that's done. Is usually, it Maori? Yeah, so it's a Maori war dance, and then obviously, but uh, it's like a Polynesian thing as well. So you know the Pacific Islands, like uh, Samoa and Tonga, they all have their own one, and there's a lot of different ones of them as well. So in New Zealand, um, a lot of the schools will have their own one as well. So like before rugby games, it'll be done before any kind of sports games. Usually rugby, obviously, with that being the main one. So that's when it's done. So uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, anytime in wrestling, they're like, 
that's kind of the easy one to go to because that. that's you know you know uh, Aaron does that Hinata he does that mm-hmm. as well because it's uh, it's very natural he, he him being a Maori boy so uh, uh, it's kind of natural it's, thing for him to go to yeah if you're from New Zealand that you know if you're from exactly. Canada you eat bacon if exactly you're from yeah in yeah. Japan you throw salt or whatever exactly so what was it like when you first came to Japan oh man a big culture shock I had no idea what I was actually coming over to do was when I was talking to Farley and I had little to know looking back man I should have really looked into the workings of New Japan I was more looking like trying to technically wrestling wise okay try to be as good as I can but what I, I had no knowledge of like kind of the background of the company really all I really knew of it was I knew that guys like yourself and Eddie and stuff had come through um guys that that's who I really looked up to in WWE because you guys kind of stuck out above everyone else and the thing you guys had in common is that you'd been through here so I I knew that and then once I'd met David I started watching his stuff more so but I like a lot of the yeah the the history to it and some of the older guys and I didn't really have much knowledge of it so that was a big shock for me trying to like uh obviously learning that stuff and so you didn't know like how much history Japanese wrestling yeah, and like, had and, and, and how I had no idea how the dojo worked in terms of uh, these young boys they do this for however long and they're black like I didn't come over with black trunks and boots I had to get them done over here because I had no idea that oh. I, had no, I had no idea I was coming over to be a, I didn't know what a young lion or young boy was really like, I was yeah so I really had no information on what I was coming over to do I was am I training am i wrestling am i getting paid i had no idea so it kind of just got came over and uh that's really interesting so just had to kind of um so you just came over just on his recommendation and pretty much yeah like uh and then i was i remember trying to get some uh information out from Farley like before i came over but uh i didn't want it to come across like i was questioning it i just wanted to you know i had a girlfriend at the time that i was you know going to be going away for going away from and i had no idea how long uh that was going to be as well so i'm trying to give these answers to other people and i was like i've got i don't know i'm just going to japan i don't really know what i'm going to be doing there so uh but yeah like i said i didn't want it to come across to him like i wasn't keen on it so uh the uh, first time i came to japan was for a company called fmw uh and same thing i was 20 and uh they didn't they didn't get me a visa and like you don't need a visa just say you're coming over as you know as a tourist (laughs) and like now looking back on it like you don't have a visa. You'll kick you out of the country for right, 10 yeah. years. Yeah, but exactly. at 20 years old, I didn't want to rock the boat. Or no, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So just came over like, I'm just going on vacation. Like, it's one look at me. Like, yeah. vacation where? Where <laughs> yeah. do you have any money? But that's the stuff that you do, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, I got this opportunity, so i just got to do it. And, you know... um, book at the book my own flight as well which is which is fine and no oh, you paid your own way over yeah there? whereas like i know i know the other guys like uh i know uh, uh cody he came when he came over at the same time and i know uh finley that came over a few months later and they got it sorted for them um but i think that's more the 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 influence of, of Farley having on my side he got brought up through the japanese system and like very much uh making sure that you know i was put in the work myself and wanting to do that myself and you really, really make this. yeah exactly yeah. really making me stuff from the bottom to prove that i wanted it right some guys might be like oh, okay you got your own flight and they might be like oh well i don't know don't yeah, know if yeah. i do that so yeah so i think that was why really so you so you fly yourself over mm-hmm. and you land at the airport is there somebody waiting there, yeah Farley was there to pick he was actually so hinata who's there here now he was over here with another guy because they finally got them over to do like the tryout and, and they were staying for wrestle kingdom so uh, I came over and it was Farley and then those two, were Aaron, who's there, he was at the airport as well. So I uh, met them there and then they took me to the dojo and uh, walked in and I met Tanaka Komatsu, who are now showing yo with, uh, with Rocky. And then there was another guy there as well and they spoke no English at the time. And now, now they're pretty good, but uh, they spoke none at the time. And I walked in and then I uh, see the dojo and Farley's like, tells them, tells them to take me downstairs and shave my head. Cause, uh, so, really? Yeah, so at the time I had like, kind of like a long like sort of mohawk type thing going and i was like oh yeah i'll grow this longer for wrestling you know kind of fits in with that and get there and then he's like oh, okay go shave his head i'm like ah, so you're going straight into <laughs> yeah full-on dojo rules exactly like as as a you know exactly like a japanese guy how they come into it. and that's and the reason finally did that is because that really kind of cements your spot assuming you still do the work along the way you know if you do their things japanese style uh, they really treat you as one of their own and uh it, it really works out for you which you know it, it that's really very humbling because like it like, is yeah not if i was in that position not knowing actually i would have done the same as you but now you're thinking about like shave my head for what like yeah. you man because <laughs> yeah. you don't know what like you said you don't know exactly the, the tradition. I, I had no idea yeah i had no idea like 
the the young boys tradition and then that's the other thing actually at the time um i think they've they're a bit more lenient with it now because they realize it's just not productive or efficient but in the dojo they used to have to have the young boys would have to go upstairs to their rooms when the the bad guys would come in to do training and stuff because so they would they would kayfabe the young they would kayfabe the young boys the ones that hadn't debuted and they were still training they would gave them on stuff like that and if they go downstairs you know they might get like beat up by one of the bad guys so wow but, but no one really explained that to us because like i said the other young boys didn't really speak english i just knew that for some reason in the evening we all just had to go upstairs but then sometimes i go down and they were fine because they're a little bit more leaning on the foreigner guys mm. and i'd like i said i'd been wrestling like i know what wrestling has been doing it for two years whereas they really do try and uh they like you know they keep them in this bubble yeah they um, don't tell it's like old school training yeah, like yeah. they don't tell them anything about no, exactly. how the business they, works they do a bunch of like kind of shoot training all, all mat wrestling and stuff and things like, yeah they don't they don't teach them that so uh that's where like guys the foreigners that come and you have that edge of already if you've already done it already mm. as well and uh that you kind of see the difference in some of the the japanese boys that come up through the dojo you can see the difference between the ones that some of them it's like they got that beaten dog syndrome like they're kind of like almost they're so set in their way of thinking of how they got taught as a young boy. It can take them a little while to come out of that once they, you know, graduate the dojo. Um, but then you get the guys that you can see uh, are smart to it and think for themselves more as opposed to just being told what to do. And often those are the guys that get the business better mm. and quicker and um, they, they do a little bit it's, it's, I think it's something that, that it you know, to explain this to people that don't understand the Japanese culture mm. even, because it really is, it's a lot like joining the army. Yeah, yeah, it was. Like you, it did remind are, me of that. Yeah, you you are stripped down, buck private. Here you uh -huh. go, and either you rise above and become a general, or you stay a grunt. Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah, it's very much so like that. Like like I said, it was just. So actually, I didn't mention that before. I when I left school, I actually got into the New Zealand Army to be an officer. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. I did like the first like month and a half initial training that I left. That, that wasn't for me. It was too early straight out of school. It wasn't what I really wanted to mm -hmm. do. And that was just before I uh, won that trip to go to wrestlemania but so yeah it's very much like that you have no idea of really what you're going to be doing you know they shave your head there as well so uh, that's that's another similarity <laughs> so had to go through that twice but yeah and then so it's very much learning on 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 the spot for me so when in hindsight and you know if, if anyone else that listens to this is going to come over to do that uh my advice would be to try and research not just you know technical wrestling and that but the background of how it all works there and mm -hmm. i think it's easy to find that information these days some of the guys we we're talking about last night how how much more accessible you know just to watch new japan is even back then in 2014 you know, before i came here i was trying to find stuff and you could maybe find some of the big matches on like daily motion and super crappy quality but other than that it can i was really hard to find yeah, some so of it before that it was tape trading right exactly find, yeah you know yeah. whoever had it and try and watch it exactly you know and that and that is to see just how much that's advanced mm -hmm. even since i started i mean it's a whole different world yeah. now but i remember i wanted to go to the dojo so bad yeah i just never like how do you like you like you said how the f do i go to the joe dojo for new japan like, exactly how do you do it? like it's it's nuts how it, it kind of just yeah, you know, in one hand, I, I'm very lucky, and at the same time, I'm like, well, I did also put myself in position where there's a possibility for an opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of guys might not do stuff. They're like, oh, mm -hmm. well, if I'm not going to get booked, or if I'm not going to get this, why should I go? Well, if you don't go, there's a hundred percent chance of nothing happening. Mm -hmm. So, and that that's what um, I, that's what impressed uh, Fergal. because he, he, I don't even know if he really saw me wrestle. He did a seminar with us. And then we did a tag match together against some other guys, but it's, I knew it wasn't my wrestling like ability that would have impressed me. And I know he said it was more like the work ethic. I was doing stuff like the young boys do, all the extra jobs mm -hmm. and like running around picking people up, doing the ring and this and, and this and that. So it was more the attitude that uh, made him recommend me to them. And then obviously Farley being now easy, oh that sounds like it would fit in over but that, here. So. You know, when, when you've been through the system, I remember I've, I haven't thought of this story for years, but when I was I started working here in. Like I said, I've known that I changed the Tenru's company with Jado and Gato. It was mm -hmm. called War, yep. W-A-R. Actually, Ishii was a young oh, yeah. boy there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, And then they had asked me, do you want to come to the dojo for six months? Because I was here every month. So instead of flying back and forth, do you want to just live in the dojo? Not to shave the head, but just to live yep. there. Yep. And I tracked down Chris Benoit and called him. I didn't know him just to ask him because yep. I knew he had trained in the dojo. Right. And that's how we became friends. Because at first he's like, I was like, hey, uh, I'm a wrestler. He's like, yeah. Um, and I'm just asking, should I go to the dojo in Japan? He's like, what are you talking about? And then he thought that was really cool and then started yeah. taking real interest in me, probably the same way that Devitt did for you because he knows the system. And if you're willing to go to the dojo, yeah. 
You're not yeah, just some little, hack yeah, that just wants to be the famous wrestler boy. Exactly. You know? yeah. 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 It shows you actually really, you really love wrestling. You're really, yeah. yeah. You're really going to be committed to it. And that was the same for me when, like, you know, the opportunity was coming up out of the dojo. Is uh, that was more surreal to me than doing like a WWE trial or anything like that because it was you know so prestigious and hard to get into and and like I said the guys that I looked up to like yourself Ben White Eddie that all I knew that all come through mm. uh, New Japan so I was like oh man that sounds really daunting but of, of course I'm not going to say no to that so you do what you can to uh to get that opportunity what were some of the things that you had to do in the dojo that, they would like I said they would be naturally easier on us so like there wasn't as much pressure but I tried to make sure that I was like, no, no, I want to do the same jobs as them. So like, you know, you do the guys' laundry um, after they all train. They just have laundry baskets, chuck it in there, and you do that. Uh, you make the food for the day, um, the chanko, like big pot of soup and meat and stuff, and and do that. And then there always have to be one person that's always just going to be kind of on hand, and uh, he's called Chanko Boy, so because he's the guy that looks after the chanko. Chanko Boy. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, look after like the phone calls or whatever the phone comes through. Actually, that was a funny thing. One one day there was a uh, it was before everyone's going to Korokuin, so a lot of the wrestlers there the train, and then they all get on the bus from there. So it was packed. Everyone, more people than usual were there. Everyone's eating, and uh, the other Japanese young boys had gone out somewhere to like. I think one of them got to the shop to get vegetables, and one was I don't know showering or something. And the phone goes, and I'm like, oh, actually no, no, Okada was there, so that's quite a funny point to it as well. Is the phone goes, and I'm like, I look at it. I look over and Okada just looks at me. Like, I'm kind of like, oh, I wonder, hopefully someone else can. I know how they want me to answer it, but I don't know what. To, I'm not going to understand what they're, they're saying. <laughs> yeah. And so then, like, Okada just keeps eating and just kind of like gives me that look like, go on, like, answer it. <laughs> and so, like, in Japanese, I basically say, hello, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo. This is Jamie. I don't understand Japanese. <laughs> and the the whole room just erupted. They, but you said uh, that in, Japanese? in Japanese. How do you yeah. say it? I was like, I think I said, Hi, Shinion Pro Wrestling Dojo, JDS, Nihongo Wakarimasen. And so they, and they, they went nuts. They just, yeah, everyone, everyone popped for that. So I was like, uh, I think it ended up being Tiger Mask on the phone. So he laughed as well. And then like someone else like came and, came and spoke or something. So but, did yeah. you ever have to start learning Japanese at any point? Yeah, they, they don't really... No, there's no one that really uh, pushes it on you too much. You right. know, they kind of advise it, but I, I tried to, and it, it's with guys that was really good in the dojo with uh, Sho and Yo's because they would teach me bits of Japanese, and I, you know, they would pick up the English as well. Um, they usually, obviously, you were you learn the the bad words first. Say, yeah, and, yeah. Hey, so is the swear the bad words first and, and phrases. You at first, exactly. exactly. When I first came, the referee said, uh, "When you when you want something, you say, uh, 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 what's the, what's good night uh, in Japanese?'" Uh, oh, yes, Sumenasai. Yeah, yeah, like, but you say Morishi Ichides. Oh, see, uh, no, Kambawa. Kambawa. Oh, Kambawa, yeah. Kambawa, Morishi Ichides. And you have to say it, Morishi Ichides. And like that, that's what you say to people, like when you're saying goodnight to them. Yeah. So I would go and say, oh, Kambawa, Morishi Ichides. And everyone start laughing. Morishi Ichi is a famous singer, like, um, like a lounge singer. Right. Like a Frank Sinatra or something. <laughs> right. So I'd be going up to people saying, Good night, I'm Frank Sinatra. <laughs> like and like looking at them, they'd be laughing. So that was their little joke, right? Like yeah. the dumb foreign guy. You had that as well. I got that uh with again, yo. He he was the I think he was the main one that taught me that like would uh, do that stuff to me. So we're at like a like, like a sponsor dinner at, at somewhere and it was a lady's birthday and he said he told me he goes, Say say happy birthday kuso baba it's just like happy birthday like older lady but in like a fun way mm-hmm. turns out like kuso baba is basically like an old lady like so i'm i'm there i'm like happy birthday kuso baba and everyone's like oh, and like, oh. And then, but so i still didn't realize it was that bad until like later like i can't remember how i got brought up but i was with ghetto and it, it said somehow i mentioned it and he's like hey don't say that that's bad i was like hey, man. what isn't it just like old lady or something he's like no that's like an old lady i was like oh shit i was like damn yeah yeah, right, so right. They, yeah so they always do that stuff to you but uh, talk about sponsored dinners quick that's something that's very interesting over here yeah no they it's great because you get to obviously uh experience the food as like well. a sponsor is is it's explain what a sponsor right so they see i i took i don't even know if i know 100 percent these days some so sometimes they're the guys that uh, obviously pay for the shows and obviously sponsor the shows other times they're fans that just want to go out and eat with the want to hang out with they just want to hang out with the wrestlers so they they'll take you out everything's paid for food like unlimited food and drink and often a really nice restaurants 
that you know they just want to be around you then you end up being karaoke they just want to have a fun time mm-hmm. with these wrestlers as their friends basically so there's always a lot of drinking and it's really is like that that was just as much part of the um the dojo you know lifestyle being a young boy because as a young boy you kind of can't you can't say no to anything basically mm-hmm. and so again when i had no idea about any of that stuff and the first one i went out on uh so i like i can't really drink sake anymore because i had a terrible experience with it the first sponsor dinner i went out on uh uno the referee he uh he's oh yeah come out to dinner tonight so I'm, oh that's nice oh cool he's taking me out for dinner little did i know that he's like his thing is that with the new guys coming through he takes them out and he eats them up so <laughs> he uh i go out for dinner and it was like time it was him there was shibata goto taguchi homa dorado was here he was he's a guy over with wwe now he's over there for, yeah. yeah uh no no uh he, he's over there now is the grand metal league oh grand okay, yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so everyone's out and uh so shibata was the the main one that started giving me sake and at the time it was just you know it was water it was easy i'm like okay cool i kind of can't say no these guys they keep they just getting all these drinks down me take, end up taking a whole bunch of chops and stuff and then because I'm, I'm i'm smashed by this point so they started doing it and i'm like <laughs> yeah come on everybody everybody and so like to this day like uh if if like uh goto-san he he says like yeah i remember that and i get respect for him because he started telling everyone to chop him i was like oh yeah <laughs> well, stupid, takes. Uh, at least it works yeah but so that night i don't remember next morning wake up i had to be at the bus by seven and uh, i wake up like my phone alarm goes off. I have no idea what I'm doing. I managed to lock my phone, trying to turn the alarm off and <laughs> go to the bathroom, throw up some more. Managed to get my bag together, go down to the bus and uh, I get on the bus, sit down. And I'm like, oh, shit, go off the bus, throw up in the snow, get on the bus. Happens again. Uh-huh. We're, luckily, we're waiting for um, one more person to come down. And as that's happening, Okada again, he's like, Jay, don't worry about it. Just go back to your room and then there was a uh, one of the other buses at like nine like two and a half hours later mm. he's like i'll tell them you can go on that bus and so yeah since that day you know that was the ongoing joke for a couple of months after like yeah try to force sake down me from everybody boy. uno was the main one him and uh him and yoshiashi actually like anytime like they would get like gifts of bottles of sake at shows like yeah jj like before a match i'm like ah oh, please please no. the smell of it makes me want to yeah just up. the yeah. smell of it yeah, yeah. yeah i had that with uh, with dark beer as dark oh, yeah. beer yeah um because what they would do sometimes is when you were on a tour <coughs> you'd get a call at like midnight in yeah. your room and it'd be like uh, ah yeah tenru wants exactly. to yeah. drink with you yeah and like you said yeah. you can't say no i no. mean you probably can at that stage but it's very insulting a young boy couldn't I, yeah especially as but, a young boy but even as a foreign like guy right, when yeah. you get that call yeah. from the boss exactly yeah you know yeah. you don't say no no yeah and so i, I went down to some bar they took me some bar and it's just me and tenru and tenru speaks okay english but mm-hmm. um he's dark beer and i hate dark beer and i was trying to drink this dark beer and i finally finished it and he's like oh you finished another and i had to keep going and then at the end of the night like you said the throwing up and all this stuff to this day whenever i smell a dark beer yeah it's just like oh yeah, oh, oh, it's, oh cross it's, yeah it's the worst yeah i feel like everyone's got like one type of alcohol that they have <laughs> yeah, that that's the bad well. experience right yeah but uh yeah so that's that's the sponsor so they you know they take you out and like i said uh even for the first two years i'm like is this person like what type of sport because they would use the word sponsor uh, but then like you said it's half the time they're just they're, you know they're fans that just want to take you out and stuff and right and then sometimes they're kind of friends of the company or they might actually be some sponsors. nameless faceless guy that's a friend of a guy that's got a lot of money exactly yeah what they used to do too is, is they would shake your hand and have you take a taxi home and have money in their hand and right, a taxi yeah. would cost you know, five thousand yen, you, they give you fifty thousand. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes they'll just yeah. Sometimes they'll just give you money and say, "Well, okay, I don't mind <laughs> yeah. this one." Then we're such whores. Uh, yeah. Ex- exactly. <laughs> and then other times they're like they're like organized fan events. I think certain sponsors or fans will say to like sometimes these groups are like 20 30 people like hey after the show i'm gonna have these wrestlers coming so everyone pays a little mm. bit um and then that's what obviously goes towards gotcha. the food and stuff and then so often there's been times where there's like five or six of us there and then there's five or six tables and they have one wrestler at each one and then you rotate around yeah, yeah, and yeah, talking yeah. to yeah. people but it's awkward when when uh if you're not with any of the other english-speaking boys there because you just kind of sit there and everyone just sits there staring at you at the and table that's exactly you know? what it is and yeah. they don't want to speak to you and if right, you try right, and speak right. to them they don't really say anything right, just, right, yeah okay they just enjoy <laughs> being there with you yeah but then then on the flip side you have the nights where everyone just gets a whole lot of alcohol down them in karaoke which we've yeah. already had as well so uh you know those ones can be pretty fun 
Yeah, those are fun, man. Yeah. It's, it's 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 one of those things I'm very uh, appreciative. That's why I still. I mean, I have my first tour. I was like I said, just turned twenty, and I'm forty eight now, and I still love coming to Japan. Yeah, I got a. Yeah. It's a it's a very strange country in ways. Yeah, but I really appreciate the the traditions and the the the, the respect levels and those uh-huh. sort of things. You don't really get that in in the states in a lot of ways. Right. Yes. Yeah. See, I wouldn't. I've been able to had the chance to obviously experience that like yourself in the states so mm. all i kind of know for that is over here but it, it, yeah it is great like especially towards you know everyone loves celebrating after the end of like a tour or like a big show mm. but it, it is cool it's kind of like a bonding thing especially yeah, sure yeah. It is. and especially with some of the japanese guys where you know when you're sober or whatever wrestling they may be a bit quieter and you're not really sure and then you know once you all go out and stuff it just you know helps you that's helps a great you bond, point bond a lot more and as well and they and often some of the guys that may be quiet as everyone, everyone has a few drinks and comes out of their shell a bit more as well. So. And everyone communicates better because you try a yeah, little harder exactly, to understand. Yeah, and yeah you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your inhibitions are gone, so you're just like, ah, oh, okay, you're trying to try yeah. and speak and stuff. Do you speak Japanese now? Uh, a little bit. See, I was uh, I was studying it more when I went to ROH when they sent me on excursion. I had more time on my hands, but I started to go a little crazy just trying to do it out of a textbook. And from what I've heard from everyone, it's so much easier to learn when you actually mm-hmm. have people to talk to with it um so i kind of got a little bit lazy with it i think but uh just bits bits and pieces phrases like kind of enough phrases where like at a you know if we're sponsored in as i know if enough sentences and stuff where i could say things to keep them happy you know you get get a little pop out of the people with yeah, us and yeah. but then I, I, I could pick up on like if they say a full sentence i might pick up on a few words where i can actually I'm like oh, okay that's but what that, they're and that's like when i was going over the match with naito and uh uno yesterday they were talking Japanese and then uh, I, you know, they were telling me what was come back and I totally understood it. Yeah. And then after they're going to tell me, I got it. Like, you understand? Yeah, yeah. But I sat in dress rooms for years with, you know, the team was me, Jado, Gato, and Fuyuki, yeah. four guys, and we would wrestle four Japanese guys. So there's seven guys speaking Japanese and one guy that doesn't. Yeah. And they're talking about the match. And then when it's your turn, they'll go, okay, you do something. If you're not following, if you don't pick yeah, it up, yeah, yeah, you're going to yeah, yeah. not have any chance to do anything. No, exactly. So you learn pretty quickly what they're saying yeah. or at least the concept of and they, it and they often have different terms for like different moves as well and stuff so uh sometimes yeah you got to pick up on that stuff as mm-hmm. well because otherwise yeah you're going to be you're going to be lost in there so mm-hmm. in terms of the extra wrestling side of it it's it's easy because they do use a lot of english words and at the same time you use hand movements half the time for stuff so it's it makes it a lot yeah, easier international language exactly yeah really you mentioned is. the excursion talk about that because that's a big part of the young boy culture yeah as so well. i was that's uh that's where it really kind of show that they treated me as a as a japanese young boy because uh that's what they, they send all the japanese guys away and it doesn't often happen with a lot of the foreigners mm. um i know they sent Farley away i think uh tama might have gone to, uh, he went to mexico for a little bit but it was you know they were sending away for a year and a half whereas which is what they really do with the japanese boys you know sometimes they're away for two three years and what they, they do is when you work in the dojo you work the opening <coughs> matches and when they think you're ready to get the next uh, level yep. they send you away send from you japan away, so then you know go and experience I think it's very important for the Japanese guys so that way they experience wrestling elsewhere and get that experience. I had a little bit beforehand, which helped me. But obviously, once I come to New Japan, you had a different style. Then went away again, you, you build on it even more. Um, so it's one for you to build on stuff. And then also... If, people don't see for ages so then when you come back you know it's not because it would be weird if i just go from being the first match every night and then all of a sudden that you just change your costume mm. one night so it's uh it, it helps with that as well so yeah i went to roh um so, so where did you where did you move to i first went to uh new jersey because they used to uh i don't know if you, i don't know if you would have met um sumi sakai mm-hmm. but she uh so they often send a lot of the japanese guys over to her and her husband david's over in uh, New Jersey, and I started there for stay at their house or something. Or? Yeah, yeah, oh. stayed at their place for a little bit. I stayed there for like three and a half weeks, and I was going because I'd originally been living in England. I kind of went back and forth to England a little bit, both for Rev Pro and then a couple times myself, because uh, in the gaps between ROH, there's quite a big break sometimes. Um, so I did that, and then eventually when I came back, uh, I went to live with Alex Shelley down in uh, Detroit because obviously he was over in Japan with us at one point, mm-hmm. and me and him uh, got along. So he invited me to come down and stay with him. So I ended up living with him from like 2017, well, from the start of 2017 till towards the end of it, and, uh, and then I moved into my apartment so, down there myself. So when you go to Ring of Honor, are you, are you called Jay White? Was your name oh, it's Jay White, yeah. It's Jay White there, and then... Uh, that, that was it and then so uh, do you work like in the opening matches are they giving you a push or they, they, they're, they're really good for me yeah. uh really good to me I, I always see 
not not to go into much about about fans but like they're like oh this person's wasted here it's like no like I, i'm i'm not they're not gonna bring me in for a year and make me like mm -hmm. uh, their star champion or nothing like i'm gonna come in and help and uh because they know that goes, the deal is you're only there until exactly, japan calls yeah. you so back they're, they're not that's what people don't understand like why would they then invest all this in for me just for me to all of that into me just for me to go and leave so uh mm. so no they were great to me they gave me uh like, was like undefeated for mm. six months or whatever and they put me in matches with guys like all their top guys like jay briscoe jay lethal so no it was great and uh like i had singles match at the Hammerstein Ballroom against Osprey, which everyone wow, really, right which really enjoyed. So he's great. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a that guy's a freak. He's mm -hmm. just a yeah, freak of nature. But big too. I never, I never knew he was he's, that big. He's, he's relatively. He's probably same height as me. Or yeah. he's at least six foot. And then um, he's got like a solid frame, and he's gotten bigger recently. So mm -hmm. yeah, he still is just like it's I feel crazy, like he's right? flipping easier like now. Bigger, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's nuts. So you know he's crazy, but uh, no, so, so, so when you're over there, mm -hmm. do you have any idea how long it's going to be? Or no, nah, uh, they they often they said to me that like maybe one year and a half to two years. So they say that, but really it's just you just kind of got to just play it out and wait until they maybe until Geta gets an idea to bring you back or or whatever. So you could be longer. Like like I know uh, Hiromi Takashi, he was away for the better part of three years, I think. But then he came back and he's like one of the biggest biggest mm -hmm. baby faces here. They uh like I know the recent MVP the I think we might I don't know if it's the Tokyo sports or if it's like a New Japan one. He's been out for half the year, but he got second like just behind Tanahashi on like the wow, favorite really? yeah, and the favorite things. So, yeah, yeah, he, he he's good, man. That yeah. bump he took was so awful. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I think I yeah, I was every time so obviously I was I was with him in ROH actually. Um so I like a little bit closer to him than some of the other guys. And I always say to him, I was like, I know he'll do some crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, be careful out there. I've seen him and Dragon. They had a couple of matches over there and they did that movie and he actually hurt his neck a bit. He, mm -hmm. And I'm like, so yeah, don't do it, don't do it again. Yeah. Don't do it again. And he's like, but he's like, uh, every time I said him, I was like, hey, take it easy. Before that San Fran match, I said, I was like, hey, don't go crazy tonight. Be careful. And he's like, yeah. oh, no, it's, seriously, tonight it's okay. Yeah. yeah. You talk yeah. to him now? Uh, yeah, on and off. Yeah, yeah. Just how's he doing? And then, yeah, I think he's doing. I think he's doing okay. Um, think he's out of the hospital, as far as I know. Mm. Um, but yeah, he says he says he's, he says he's feeling all right. I don't I've got no idea in terms of recovery time when they sure. want to come back. But yeah. so, you're, so when you're working in, it's, it's interesting to me because you're a guy from New Zealand who lived in England, but then you go to Japan and yep. now you go to America, America to where yep. you're waiting to go back, back to, to Japan. Japan. Yeah, like the, those guys away can't wait to go home. I know. And yeah. your home is. Not your yeah, exactly. Kid. Like where, where where was home? Yeah. Like now now it's become the states. Um, it's kind of just where I was at for a while, so he kind of just got comfortable there. But uh, that's the thing with New Zealand. It's you know it's the other side sure, of the world, so it's not easy way. to get to as well. But uh, um, yeah, so yeah, there for a year and a half, I think I did. Yeah, about a year and a half, and then and then came back. Uh, late 2017 to when you did you come back for the Tokyo Dome show for last year for so it was the when they the same night that. They announced your video right. for Kenny was the end of that show. I came back, so that was November 2017. And that was your big return. So that was the return. Like Tana beats uh, Ibushi in the match, and they came out and challenged Tana. And then obviously earlier in the night, that's when they that's played when your the video. video played. So that's remember. what they did great there is because they'd been building up my videos for a while, and then when they they played and it said that it was going to happen on that date. They played your video. They didn't say anything about the switchblade, but I think a lot of people was like, "Oh, maybe maybe that's what that was." I guess I guess that was it. Because so then and then after it was like a second uh, surprise of the show. I'm not saying that this is the exact way, or if it's even that show, but I recall something about and, and like I said, this might be totally wrong, mm -hmm. and you might be able to tell me more about this. At this point in time, they were going to do something exactly the same with our respective angles, and at one point it was they were going to show your video too. I was like, you can't show two videos on the same on night. On the same show. And, I I, and they had you maybe come no do it live. I think that something oh, along those as lines. As far as I knew, I, I never got any idea that was given to me. I knew I was going to be there in person. Okay. So, so maybe it was another day, but there was something going on where it's like, you're going to do this, and then Jay White's thing is going to do that. Like, well, you can't do the same. We have to mix it, it up It might have been on one of the prior shows, because they didn't show any teaser for you until no, they surprised. Were, yeah, right. Yeah. Unless they, uh, unless they had, they wanted to do it on a night where they had one of my teaser videos earlier, mm, like that might have been a wrestling show. I know they had something. Like, Energy one, they had one, I think. 
than the Yogoku show, the King of Pro Wrestling one, I think they had it again. So they mm-hmm. might have been wanting to do it then, but then something along those lines. There, there was, so there was this, my point is at the same right. time, our thing was starting, yours was yep. starting as well. Yeah. yeah exactly. So what was, and, and what was the idea behind Switchblade? Uh, the first one he came up with, he was like, said he was like, Razor Sharp was his like, first thing. And, uh, uh, one first straight away, I was like, I don't want to have anything in the name with Razor because I just think of, I feel like people would go to Razor Ramon. So what is this point? You work your he, work is Razor Sharp? Or? He, yeah, he wanted to be. This is Gato yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. You? He wanted to be, you know, kind of a, uh, aggressive and uh, cutthroat type thing, which is uh, what they play with these days. Um, and obviously, it's kind of like changed a bit. But that was kind of the original idea. He wanted to be just a really kind of aggressive guy, and you know, like guys that. I kind of I watched obviously always did watch a lot of Benoit, but that was like like him and like Dynamite Kid. That kind of that snappy aggressive style was um was one of like kind of the original ideas, and so then it just kind of built on from there. We just me and Alex Shelley kind of came up with the name Switchblade instead when we were driving home from that show, because it was like a show in ROH. DJ Bank came over and I had the meeting with him. He gave me the idea, and then um kind of just left it up to ourselves to myself. To did work. you have any other any other ideas that you didn't use? Did you switchblade overall? I think it was switchblade because the first one I went, uh, I think at first I was thinking slingblade and then I was like, oh, hang on, that's thingy's move. I can't, right, I right. can't do anything like that. And I was like, and then I feel like, because we were driving, I think I said, I swear we said at the same time, I was like, oh, no, slingblade, that's a move. And then me and Alex Shea both go, oh, uh, switchblade. What yeah. about that? And we're like, oh, yeah, that, that actually could that actually could work. Um, Surprised so, yeah. no one's ever used that as a nickname before. It's pretty cool. No, no, it's I pretty think, obvious, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. So it's, it's nice and simple. So, uh, I think I think Sam Callahan might have had something with Switchblade in it, but it wasn't like his. It might have been like a group or something years ago. Because mm-hmm. I remember when they were showing the videos, people were like taking him in it. They thought it was him. And some people thought it was uh, Trent Beretta coming back because he had been out for a little while or something right. as well. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. So, uh, so no, it, it all kind of worked out pretty good. And but they really did kind of leave it up to myself with look wise, and then what you want to do from there, kind of just up to myself. And then it develops naturally once they come back. That was when it all the more you're here and stuff the more you're doing it. it's just mm. the more easy it and once is again, coming back with a huge push to work with tanahashi exactly. in the tokyo oh, of course you know it's a, a huge opportunity so uh and then kenny straight after it as well so uh um, right yeah yeah the next night is when like they did the bullet he that's uh, the dash right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, tries he, to bring me in and then i say no give him the move and then we had the match at the end of the month mm. um for his belt where they where i beat him so there was everyone was surprised with that one so uh yeah and then that's why like i said a lot of people um it's, if everything feels so natural over here because we really can say and more or less do what we want to almost do what we want but you can say whatever you want you know those backstage comments and stuff it's <laughs> it's up to us you can swear do whatever so it's which is so funny for me because uh you know wb everything's so of course, scripted of course and you know you can still improv it but like you go say your comment and just do whatever you want yep Yep. I stole a reporter's dinner yesterday. Right. As I'm taking your dinner too. And I walked out and like, oh, where's my dinner? <laughs> off. You know, like whatever you want, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think that's why fans enjoy it more as well because it's, it's you know, with wrestling, people love to throw around the word fake, but like there is, it's a lot more real than people realize in terms of, I'm just saying whatever I want to do. Like mm. people think, oh, he's being told to do this, this, like, I'm really not. I'm just saying what I want and more or less and pretty much doing exactly mm-hmm. what kind of I want to do. And as long as it's not clashing with what the company's, you like know, now, now they don't want to swear as much anymore. Yeah, they're trying yeah. to cut back on that, which, and you know, it's, it's not a huge deal, but it's at the same time, it's, we haven't been told, I haven't been told, hey, don't swear, but right. I just know that it's kind of a thing that's happening. So I just kind of cut back mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, so that, but also I understand why they're doing that, mm-hmm. but it's not, it hasn't been to the point at the moment where they're obviously telling people, hey, you need to really 100% stop this or something. So, how do you feel about the expansion <coughs> into the States, the New Japan? It's exciting. It's very exciting um, um, time. It's cool that we get to obviously go over there more and stuff. I know uh, business just keeps growing. Like the, the fans, I think it was the best, like they were saying last night, was mm-hmm. the um, biggest take it down or something. Wrestle Kingdom, yeah, at least. Best in the- Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I think the old school Tokyo Dome shows might have sold more, but I think Wrestle Kingdom, this was the biggest. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And he was saying something, I think he said something about like, in terms of like real customers, I think in terms of actually like how many tickets were actually like sold as mm. opposed to just people being in. Really? Ever? I, I, yeah, I heard him say something that. Something like, I, I think that's, that, what yeah. I, that's what I took from that. Like, as opposed to like, hey, all these people get 
given tickets for whatever reason like in terms of actually how many people that's what i gathered from that yeah. might, and this is after correct. the after the show is done yeah. they have kind of a team meeting in yeah. the locker room and everyone yeah. kind of says a few comments and yeah. a little yeah. business note here and there yeah and then yeah and then this, they uh, mentioned the about doing the two decadums next year so uh yeah um so that'll be that'll be really interesting how about the madison square garden show oh that's yeah that's that's very exciting when they when uh i remember i got told about that before all it got announced and then we got told that it got shut down by uh i think basically from from wwe Vince, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it got shut down so I was like, oh, okay and then uh, a few weeks later i see it started getting posted again so that obviously managed to that obviously managed to work around it and and make it happen does that so mean as much to you like wrestling of course it does mm -hmm. but did you know of madison square garden is it a worldwide thing not until i didn't know about it until wrestling gotcha yeah i didn't know anything about it then so gotcha. wrestling but obviously it's such a huge famous arena yeah but uh it's i guess it's only famous prestigious to me because of wrestling not, mm -hmm. like, not really other stuff you know but so that's gonna be really that'd be a really cool cool thing to do you know mania weekend and mm -hmm. to do that show um very excited for it and after the reception i got at san fran and then the last la show for like New York fans, for like eighteen thousand, I'm expecting them to just boo the shit that, out of me. Is it you I get booed? Wait, I you get booed in the states. For, yeah, San Fran. So me and uh, Juice had a had a singles match, and that was where the the JR Josh Barnett stuff happened. Oh obviously, my gosh! You well. know, it's funny. I I had Juice on here, yeah, but I forgot to ask him. Let's talk about that for a few minutes, yeah, because we talked about it amongst ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So we had the match, and I remember seeing in um everyone. Like oh that was that was awesome that they did that like this and well, tell, tell it was what, real. Tell that, me what happened. Yeah yeah. So we uh, I have juice. I give him a suplex against the fence. The fence moves, hits the table. The table slides back and hits Jr. and knocks him out of his chair. And then uh, for real. Yeah yeah. For, yeah that's what it's a real deal. I talk about people thinking yeah. everything is set up and fake. Like this was that he legitimately that was, fell out. That of was his completely chair, yeah. real wasn't trying to hit jr i just hit the fence table him mm -hmm. domino effect and he fell out of his chair i, I know he, i think he hurt his ribs and took took a bad fall uh which was never meant to happen in any way but so i remember doing that and i hear the reaction to everyone the move and then about two seconds or like a second later just it was weird there was like a second tear to it and everyone i was like oh that was what was that for and i kind of turn around and look over and i see like I don't think Josh had. I don't know if Josh had quite stood up yet, but I see like security and the fans all like looking down at something, and then I kind of real and I kind of see. I'm like, oh, oh shit, Jr. I was like, oh, they must have knocked Jr. out of his seat. I was like, well, I'm gonna make the most of this in. So I stand up and gloat and yell, and then Josh Josh stands up and since uh, I start talking shit to him, he starts coming around the fence. I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna stay out of his stay out of his reach. So he comes around the fence. I get in the ring. And then uh, I figured he was thought he was going to stop there, so I keep talking shit to him. And he gets in the ring. and says, "Oh shit, I got to get down and get out of here now. Get out of the ring." He actually like, gets into the ring. Gets into yeah. the ring, and Uno's Uno's trying to like stop him and stuff. And uh, I'm, I just end up moving around the ring as he's like in the ring talking shit, and I'm the whole time just throwing shit back at him, and uh, and then end up going around the ring and. He, I think he comes out again, and Uno's like, "No, no, no!" And I'm, so I was like, "Get him out of here! Get him out of here!" And then, uh, and then, like, as he starts walking off, it's actually a good thing that he didn't. He's gonna hear it now, but good thing that he didn't see. I actually spat at him because you know I was going along with everything that I was doing. Obviously, didn't didn't get him or nothing, mm -hmm. but I don't think he saw it, which is probably a, probably a good thing in hindsight. When I saw that, I was like, I said, "Man, you got poised," because I would have flipped out. I know he's an MMA, MMA guy, yeah. that sort of stuff, but. Like for him to get in the ring like that, I thought that was the most unprofessional bullshit move you could ever do. <laughs> I had, yeah. uh, on a, and you don't have to say it, but on, a, no, no, on an accident right. that, you know, dude, it's wrestling. Shit happens. So you yeah. say, it's not like you went up to Jaron and punched him in the face. Right, right, right. You know, and when he came in the ring, I'm like, what do you what do you expect to happen, right. Josh? Yeah. You want to get in a, in a shoot here and totally kill the match right right like dude yeah. you stand up you talk your shit you talk shit back and you back off because you're a commentator right. you're not in the ring anyways right. that was just my opinion right. on it so I thought you handled that really oh, well oh no no I appreciate that but yeah it was uh, you know like in hindsight it, it also it added it was just a huge moment in that match as well which which made that lots uh, of heat for you yeah of, of course so you know again it was nothing intentional there but it ended up working out like that And what happened uh, after uh, once they you know when they came back they were pissed off I, so I had no idea until even then i thought that was all fine and then the match is done i get backstage and someone comes up to me i have no idea this this uh guy from axis comes up i had no idea who he was at the time he comes up with a tour and they go what the hell was that what happened i'm like and i'm like 
who the fuck are you? I just had an awesome match. What are you talking about? And like, oh, I'd literally just finished and just got backstage. I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And he said, oh, the stuff, yeah, they're pissed, they're blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, what? Really? I, yeah. I, I had no, like, like, whoa, whoa, I didn't try it. We didn't try it. There was an accident. Is he like, is he okay? Like, so then I was, I was, I was worried that, oh, shit, I didn't actually want, I hope he's not hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, then two, I was like, well, shit, I don't want to screw up things for Axis and New Japan at all either. So I was like, yeah, what the hell? I was like, oh, well, okay. Are they after the show? I'm, I'll go talk to them and stuff. And then he's like, "Oh no, no, no! Maybe, maybe uh, I'll, I'll bring them to you." Just I think he's worried about Josh. I'm like, I don't think he's got like if he wants to if he wants to attack me, fine, he can do that. But mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna just randomly if I go end up and talk to them. I don't think yeah. he's just gonna jump me. So um, just waited. Uh, obviously there was still a couple matches. I think there was, might have only been one one more match to go, the main event, and then uh. They came back and obviously they weren't happy and they kind of just let us have it and stuff and uh, apologize. And we, I had, you know, had no, no intention, no intention to do any of that Did stuff. You have but, it for, for right. not thinking or for being a professional? For, 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 <laughs> for, for, for do it. So it was the fact that we were throwing stuff into the fence because there was throwing each other into the fences. Mm. So obviously, you know, over here, we are flying into the fences. Oh, yeah, it's, just, it's just part of it. And, yeah. uh, you know, before the show, we got to, we didn't get told we couldn't. And we, we mm. double checked that there's going to, are they going to, are the fences going to be attached to each other so they won't fly off? Right. People going to be holding them. Yes. And we didn't get told that to not get hit into them. You know, hey, that's, it's just something that happens over here. So we did check that. But then let's say and during the, earlier in the match, me and Juice were both throwing each other through the fence. They go flying. And well, the other thing they had, oh, I think they might have got taken off like their um their comms might have got taken off for mm-hmm. a bit when it happened because right next oh, to their the 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 sound the power yeah for it, yeah because yeah, right next and we had no idea about this and this is idiotic that it was like this right next to like their table there was this huge like box which is basically basically controlling the show going out on air so if that gets up the whole show goes off mm. air but we had no idea like why is that right next to the <laughs> right, fences right 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 and so there was i throw if people go there's one of the ones i throw them in the fence one of them and again it's not attached like we got told it was and someone's not holding it one end goes flying up and like kind of comes down over juice and then that's right by them so i think that pissed them off from the start the that we've that, done yeah. that like they were like why are they doing this, this is reckless and i kind of see their point of view with that but at the same you know we're check before and we got told this and we had no idea that that box was right there whereas they knew it i think they knew it was that's why they were probably thinking that but then as i go to grab him i see like the leg of the fence is like wedged underneath these like cables going into this i see this box and he's like and i was about to grab it and throw it off him so i can grab him and i was like "Ooh, hang on a second and i think juice saw as well so i kind of like like slid him out or something like awkwardly as opposed to that. just why is it there yeah yeah, you know, yeah. That. that was when i first saw it is once the fence had like been had like flipped up i was like what is this i was like yeah i probably don't want to pull that leg out just in case <laughs> it, it, it grabs that but um so i think that was you know that's why they were pissed off and so that, with, that was the yeah. other big reason and then obviously once we came back a little bit later and did the, the suplex against the fence and obviously then inadvertently knocked him out of this chair that obviously topped it off as well so told us about how is you know stupid to be doing that at the by the tv box and mm-hmm. we had no idea we got told we checked that the fence would be attached there'd be people holding them we you know mm-hmm. we, you know we understand that so um then they were my friend then from then they were i think they were they're happy that we uh came and went and talked to them as well because yeah. obviously there's no like we had no ill intent or anything yeah. like that so um yes yeah, so that was fine then we had the dinner everyone's had dinner later so we had a couple of drinks so it was all smoothed over but uh yeah my, my main worry concern after that was just I was like, well, shit, I hope I didn't mess up for anything with Axis and New Japan. We, like you said, we're trying to expand into the States. <laughs> and here's me, you know, pissing off Jay. You know, he's a li- like a legend. They're bringing him in for the, the commentary and stuff. I'm like, yeah. I'm like oh, of course that's what I'm going to get heat, myself. Kid. That's what I'm going to get myself involved. I think he's also, he's had it where guys will try to do stuff with him because he, he's JR. So mm-hmm. they try to get like a bit of heat from him. And again, I so I think he naturally felt that I was maybe doing that. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm I really had yeah, yeah, yeah. no no intent to involve you guys in any way whatsoever. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Last couple of questions. When you're mm-hmm. talking about the states and all that stuff, it, it, I mean, obviously, New Japan's your home. Do, would you ever think about working, going to WWE at some it's, point? It was always so. Before New Japan, that was like always. I think for anyone that starts watching mm-hmm. it, that's what you you know look look to because that's your uh, you know, that's what you watch. But in, and then there's once you realize there's so much more out there, it's really not even like a thought on my radar. Like I'm happy where I am and. uh it's also what they what they do 
the product and stuff isn't you know i enjoy pro wrestling mm, same, as yeah. opposed to yeah. the you know the entertainment tv stuff over there as well and you know you do have a lot of you know a lot of the guys that have left and gone over you hear about the guy the guys that you know people a lot of people aren't happy there it's you know it's mm. very very different so and you're happy um, here exactly yeah. yeah so like you know who knows you, you know no one's ever you know you never say never with anything no one ever knows what's gonna happen in the future i never thought that i would have mm. when i was training i wanted to go to the never would have thought i'd come here and like here i am the option the, the, the world is changing too where before the end game was always wwe for exactly. all of us and yep. now with WWE and New Japan and Ring of Honor, and if you're talking about all elite, all elite exactly. now, there's so Impact. There's five or six worldwide mm-hmm. companies where you can go and make it to ex- the top. Ex- exactly, and like that's what I was just gonna say. You know, with these guys starting that new company, the mm-hmm. AEW stuff, it just makes it that much more exciting, and it's more options for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a very cool time. Well, yeah, you don't you don't need to go there. Um, you know, New Japan keeps growing, and obviously with your so yeah. someone of your caliber coming out here it helps it helps us out here as well to make mm-hmm. it even bigger so then yeah it's it's easier for guys to stay here without having nothing to, right, go, exactly. to go elsewhere as well and and also like uh people often ask that and they get the guys that go there though every now and then they'll miss hey if you want to come just let me know and then i'm like i'm all right thanks because i don't yeah. want i don't want to go you know uh so many guys sign there early and then they stay down in the, the development or nxt or whatever for for however long just as there's so many people there it feels like these days Working um, the same style too, like this. Yeah. The, the thing about coming here, or England, all these places, is you're not just getting not just getting life experience, ring experience, but learning different ways to get over and different exactly. styles of work, and all that makes you a better, more valuable performer. Yeah, the guys that have been over here tend to do a lot better if they do end up going that's there right. as, as well. That's that's how that always uh, always works out. So. You know, like in any other like wrestlers on the indies and stuff, like who who are aiming to go there, like that's cool and all. But unless you're like a big name, you're just gonna go and be there another mm-hmm. guy. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you, you try to get as big as you can, come out to places like this and, yeah. and instead. But yeah, no, um, and also Ben, how they brought me up for the dojo and that in that Japanese style. Like I'm very loyal to them. The fact right. that they gave me that and you know right. gave me the excursion, they really gave me these opportunities. So you're a new Japan guy, yeah, through new and Japan, through. exactly. So. Uh, yeah, it's like as far as I know, I'm I'm here, mm. and yeah, and that's kind of last you know. last question for what's your favorite match you've ever had? Ah, oh, favorite match I've ever had. So there for diff- there's ones for different reasons. Like if it's going a fan reception and stuff, or if it's more like what's like more personal to give me. me some, like, give me, give yeah, me so like the the Osprey one with ROH, that was probably at the time. That was like a standout, and it like made a lot of other people. They were everyone knew who Osprey was, not so much myself. Um, so in terms of fan reception, that was that was right up there, and that was one of the first ones like that. Then also, uh, David Finley. Actually, one of my favorite probably be against Finley at uh, Cork, and we main evented. All right. On. So uh, when I had the US belt, we um, had a, we had a match to main event Cork. So that was that was really cool from being in the dojo together and opening. Corrigan and singles matches as young boys together. That's cool. So they're main eventing it. So that was a very special one. And then and also the one with Juice at San Fran because again we were in the dojo together. Yeah, he's there too. Then, yeah. yeah, and then we have that uh, again that match at San Fran, which I don't think it did a lot better than it, it should have in terms of. I think also the fans felt that as well. We managed to build it up pretty good, and then we uh, we get over there, and it kind of you know the reception to to both of us was was more than I expected, to be honest. So that was that was another big one up there as well. Yeah, so yeah. But I think those two just from the background of it mm-hmm. as well, the story behind. Yeah, it, right? yeah. And then I guess if there's a one more would be back. Do you even know a guy, R.J. Brewer? R.J. Brewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to wrestle something else as in, in ROH back in the day, I think. But he's he's buddies with like Rocky Romero and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. We, we did the first New Zealand show in the 2016, and the only reason I say this one is because that was the first time my family got to see me wrestle. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, so was I, that like, with New uh, Japan? It was organized by Farley, but oh, yeah, so gotcha. it was a new yeah. So it had sure, all, all the New Japan guys and and then ROH guys, and it was in a building in New Zealand where I used to work at as bar staff at concerts mm. and my old boss was who's a family <laughs> friend as well also came <laughs> there cool. to, to see me so that was a cool one having my family there mm. and being in that in that building so that was that was another cool one as well well many yeah. good ones to come like i said yeah. last night with okada awesome match of course. And, yeah that was very fun uh glad we got to do this dude yeah me too yeah yeah thank you for having me on it all right, thanks to the Switchblade, Jay White. I'm glad we got to sit down and talk before I left Japan after Wrestle Kingdom 13. Looking forward to see what's coming up next for him. I'm thinking a really big match. I'm sure he's probably going to challenge for the heavyweight championship very soon, currently held by uh, by Tanahashi. I would like to challenge for the uh, IWGP heavyweight championship as well. Hopefully I'll get to do that soon. But I'll tell you what can we get to do really soon. 
the last interview from the cruise that we haven't aired yet. Live Talk is Jericho with Jim Ross and Jerry the King Waller. And what a great night this was. The last live podcast that we haven't aired. We did this on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea uh, last year, 2018. Huge news coming up about Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager Part 2, the second wave. Stay tuned for that. But in the meantime and in between time, you can relive the amazing time we had on the first uh, debut voyage of Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea with the live Talk is Jericho, Jim Ross, Jerry the King Lawler in its entirety coming up this Wednesday. So have a great weekend. In the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah, boy.